Yuan-Ti are the terrifying snake people of D&D, and they've been slithering their way through ancient temples and dungeons since all the way back in 1st edition. 3rd edition brought us Yuan-Ti Pureblood, who lean hard on the human half of their snake-human heritage, and can even pass for human in the right light. Very specific light. 5e finally gave us the opportunity to play these cold-blooded killers, and then promptly made them too powerful to play. If you've ever been curious why so many DMs ban this race, stay tuned for today's episode, and also be sure to subscribe for when we talk about D&D races that aren't banned 90% of the time. Yuan-Ti used to be human. They had a vast ancient civilization that was powerful and wealthy, and you can probably already see where this is going. They fell to the classic hubris, along with a big helping hand from the nasty serpent gods. They learned the cannibalistic rituals needed to gain the aspect of the serpent, and promptly ate a bunch of their servants. With a now constant need for human sacrifices for their serpent gods, they invaded their neighborhoods and eventually got smacked back. Their civilization toppled, and the Yuan-Ti retreated to their fortified jungle cities. Biding their time, but they still desperately required human sacrifices. Most aspects of Yuan-Ti culture now revolve around the capture, sacrifice, and consumption of human flesh. Most aspects of Yuan-Ti culture now revolve around the capture, sacrifice, and consumption of humanoid flesh. Simply put, they're not really nice to their neighbors, and they're ambitious. They work to destabilize governments, and behind the scenes, they hold countless positions of power. They dream of a time that their mighty civilization can return to prominence, like an unseen viper ready to strike. On a more personal level, however, Yuan-Ti are widely considered emotionless and cold. They severed their connection to human emotions with their pacts to the serpent gods, and while they understand emotions on a purely logical level, they've lost the many passions of humanity. Other people are pawns to be used, and the self is the only thing that's important. All of this is stacked on top of a fundamental xenophobia and belief that the Yuan-Ti are the true people. Whatever that means. Yuan-Ti regard everyone as dangerous threats, respectable fellow Yuan-Ti, or simply as food. Most Yuan-Ti can have any number of snake features, from full serpentine tails to viper-like heads or hoods. Purebloods, however, have a much more subdued snake aspect, and look almost entirely human save for a few key features. Some will have reptilian eyes, patches of scales along their skin, or possibly fangs or long forked tongues. Some purebloods, however, show no features and appear completely human to the average observer. When making your pureblood, consider how well they'll need to blend into society, and what features they'll have, and how they'll hide them. Yuan-Ti names have meanings that have been passed down through the generations, although spellings and inflections have changed over time. Some Yuan-Ti add more sibilants to their birth names to create an exaggerated hissing sound. Based on one's personal preference and whether an individual's anatomy can more easily pronounce the name in this altered form. An adopted name of this sort is recognized as a variant of the birth name, rather than a unique name unto itself. A Yuan-Ti might refer to itself by its birth name, by its adopted name, or, especially among purebloods, by a name it borrows from the local populace. The Yuan-Ti names table provides Yuan-Ti birth names suitable for any campaign, and we'll of course throw a few examples up on screen so that you can get what we're talking about. Just imagine any of those names with, like, you know, a lot of hissing sounds. Starting with your ability scores, your charisma increases by 2 and your intelligence increases by 1. 
Double mental stats pushes you strongly towards more caster kind of classes, particularly bards, paladins, sorcerers, and warlocks. As for your age, purebloods mature at the same rate as humans and have lifespans similar in length to theirs. Uh, there's really nothing more exciting about that. As for alignment, purebloods are devoid of emotion and see others as tools to manipulate. They care little for law or chaos and are typically neutral evil. You can try to justify a pure neutral or good pureblood in a number of ways, but you'll have to work for it pretty hard. These serpent folks are culturally into some serious evil, so your pureblood character will really have to be, well, evil as well, or have a backstory that took them away from their evil culture somehow. As for size, purebloods match the size of humans, and their size is medium, same kind of weight and everything, and their speed is a base walking speed of 30. Nothing really exciting there. And they also have dark vision, which I know doesn't sound exciting because it kind of feels like just about every other race in D&D has dark vision, but I say it's always a nice thing to have. Something that is exciting is your innate spellcasting. You know the poison spray cantrip, and you can cast animal friendship an unlimited number of times with this trait, but you can only use it to target snakes. Starting at third level, you can also cast suggestion with this trait. Once you cast it, you can't do so again until you finish a long rest. Charisma is your spellcasting ability for these spells, and a lot of races get a collection of innate spells, but purebloods get a kind of wonky one. Most of these are a cantrip, and a first level spell and a second level spell each once per long rest. This one has a fairly normal cantrip and a second level spell, then an unlimited but very situational first level spell. And as a tip to you more creative players out there, consider, and I kid you not, carrying around a bag of poisonous snakes. Your unlimited snake friend spells essentially grant you a mobile army of snakes. So let's talk about magic resistance. You have advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. And this is why DMs pretty much ban purebloods all the time. Gnome Cunning is the only ability that comes close, and it's way worse than this, and is pretty close to overpowered already. This magic resistance will grant you advantage on typically 90% of the saving throws you'll be forced to make throughout an average adventure. If your DM lets this ability through unaltered, simply bask in the glow of your terrifying power as you laugh off most of the effects that dare target you. Another beefed up ability is Poison Immunity, meaning that you are immune to poison damage and the poisoned condition. Continuing with the theme of existing racial feature, but way better, this takes the Dwarven Resilience feature and turns the advantage and resistance into full immunity. Stride confidently among the world's deadliest poisons because they can't do a thing to you. It might as all well just be lemonade or something. And to top it all off are the languages. You can speak, read, and write in common, abyssal, and draconic. As one final sign that the race is stronger than the core races, purebloods pick up a free third language in addition to the standard two. Gotta love it. So as you can see, purebloods are quite powerful when compared to the other available racial options, and most DMs won't allow them as an option. Forgetting that power level for a moment, they're also extremely evil, and you'd have to come up with one heck of a backstory to justify a pureblood that wouldn't just eat orphans if given the chance. But if you're playing an evil campaign, or your DM simply hasn't looked at them terribly hard, you might just get a chance to play one. They're powerful enough that you really could play them as any class, and it would probably just work out fine. I kind of like the idea of a Yuan-T bard, for some reason. Maybe that's just because I like bards a lot. But anyway, if optimization is your thing, we definitely have some classes for you. Such as the Shed Skin Mystic. 
With the bonus towards Charisma and the Magical Resistance, you could easily play a Warlock. Any Warlock. Just for flavor's sake though, I'm going to recommend taking the Undead Patron, specifically for their 10th level ability, Mortal Husk. Basically, you get to shed your skin with a massive necrotic explosion and get reborn from the ashes. Don't get buried in your own angst, though. Viper Paladin. And when I say Paladin, I mean really any Paladin could fit the pureblood. With the Paladin's typical high hit points and AC combined with the pureblood spell resistance, you'll be pretty damn hard to take down from really any angle. Specifically, I like the Oathbreaker Paladin as it's a flavor win, but also because it encourages direct melee play. You know, if that's your thing. And then there's the Wild Snake Sorcerer, which was actually my nickname in high school. Plus two charisma already makes for a great sorcerer build, but the Pure Blood's Magical Resistance, you have a unique opportunity to play the Wild Magic Sorcerer without much risk to yourself. Fire off those chaotic spells with Wild Abandoned and rely on your innate resistance saving you if it all goes lopsided. While I personally would never see myself banning a player from putting together a Yuan-T character, I think it's plain to see why so many just don't want to put up with it. Though they offer a certain devious flourish to any adventuring party, they're also unusually gifted in a way that's hard to ignore. I would almost recommend that anyone thinking of playing one should just request an all Yuan-T campaign, just so no player outshines the others in the... Actually, uh... If any of you do that, let me know, because that seems cool. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week, and you should really just give me a bonus point for not saying subscribe in like a hissing way. I feel like I deserve some credit for that. But if you have ever put together a UNT character or are putting one together right now, I would love to hear about it down in the comments. Thanks again for watching. My name is Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out. Thank you.